right now. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you all this morning. Uh, this is Pastor Vess and Sharon Hayes here this morning. And uh, we're going to be picking up our study this morning on this Monday morning. Amen. May the 16th. Amen. 2022. As we continue to uh, build a future of optimal overall wellness. Amen. We want to have a better future. We want to do some right things so we can have some right outcomes, some righteous things, good and some virtuous things that are pleasing in the sight of God. This is why we rise together every morning because we believe strongly, uh, intently, you know, that it pleases God. Amen. For those <coughs> who understand the importance of seeking God early, that he might be found because there is coming a time, the Bible teaches us, that we'll seek for him, search for him, and we will not be able to find him. And so while we have breath in our body, we want to learn all that we can. We want to know all that we can because we're going to need it going forward. Amen. Only what we do for the Lord is what's going to count and benefit us in the end anyway. So we might as well pack up our, our spirits and get all the word we can, all the precious promises of God as we can, just fill up. Amen, amen, to the, to the, to the, to the fleet, to the full uh, extent of what God is offering us. Amen, because we know that heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. And so it's only the word that we have that's going to benefit us in the long term. That word's got to be hidden in our heart so that we don't sin against God because there is false doctrine out here that sounds real. It looks good. It smells good. It dressed up good. It drives good. It flies with airplanes and, and yachts and all that stuff, man. But all that stuff is going to pass away. And it's the word that, that we hold dear to our hearts. Amen. That God is going to be searching for in the heart of the man because he looks at the heart, wanting to us to hide the word in our heart. Right? That's the first place God is going to look to see what have you hidden in your heart. That's the treasure that he wants in these earthen vessels is his word, not some watered down version, not some other words, stuff that I think. No, but the pure, unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. That's why he prayed to the Father. He was getting ready to depart from his disciples, his chosen apostles, his picked out ones, his consecrated ones. Father, that you would sanctify them that you have given me. You would sanctify them with thy word because thy word is truth. And that's in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 17 of the King James Bible. And then he said, all of those that are going to be warned by their testimony, this is why he told Paul, said, preach, amen. We're commanded to preach the word of God, the gospel to the people, and testify to them about Jesus, you know. And so he had an intention there that there would be others that would be warned by those he prayed to the Father to sanctify, which was his original apostles and his disciples. And so there are many, many disciples that are being made today. We're followers of Christ. You know, don't get caught up in our titles. We're really followers of Christ. We're just basic believers. The titles don't mean anything to God. Most of the time, it's the titles that get abused because we never live up to them. Scripture says it in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 30, 30 all the way to 37. It talks about how disappointed God is in his priests, his, his leaders, you know, because they are all about themselves. They want to lord everything on themselves and forget about the poor, forget about the widow, forget about the needy, forget about those out there that he came to seek and to save. We don't want to say the people that he, he came to save. We don't, want, we don't want to deal with the lost because they may be poor, they may be smelly, they may not be people we want to deal with, they may be psychotic, they may be, they may have all kind of issues. And a lot of times, we as men and women of God, we choose the easy path. We want to preach to people, man, that's easy to preach to. 
Bible calls them people with itching ears. And so I thank God for raising up an army of people that are really not chasing after titles and chasing after stuff and things. But really, uh, there was a book written by Mr. Rick Warren a long time ago by God Chasing. And and I like that. I you know I like that idea that we chase after God. We go after God. We run after God hard. You know, like the deer panted after the water books. Oh, my soul longeth after thee, said David. And so that's where it's at. We got to be hungry and thirsty for God in this hour right now when there's a famine on the land. I mean, there are real famines out there right now. We got food problems right now. We got formula problems for our babies that are coming up right now in this horrible cycle that we're in. These are famines. There's spiritual famines. There's financial famines. You got inflation famines. These are famines, y'all, that are hitting the land. And we need to get ourselves ready. We need to cut out the stimulus spending, things that we don't need. That's what I said. Yes, don't buy me no more clothes and hats and shoes. I got, I'm trying to get rid of some of that stuff now, but you're going to give me something, buy me some almonds, buy me some raw almonds, buy me some, some pistachio nuts, buy me something that's in the box that's going to do me good, like a medicine to my body, you know. And so, and so we got to, we got to get serious about this thing, man, because we're, we're living in a wasteful time, a time of fraud and waste and abuse, where we're seeing people do anything these days for money, do anything these days for power and control. And we just got to humble ourselves under the hand of Almighty God and know that He will exalt us in due time. And so this is what it's about this morning as we come together to learn. And so let's get into the word this morning, uh, uh, still dealing with the subject matter of that, that one really loves proving that one really loves God. This is going to be tested, I believe, in this cycle of spiritual and physical, financial, all kinds of famine out there right now, uprise, uptick, you know, with murder again all over the place. People just taking guns and shooting people just because they can because they're full of, of racial intentions, whatever the case might be. They don't need no justified cause. They just take the law in their own hands, and then they want to throw their gun down and surrender. <laughs> you know, and, and plead insanity. <coughs> that is crazy. And so, you know, we got some work to do. And so there's some tests that we that we are embarking upon and the one that we've been dealing with, test number four in this study, is having a clean heart. If you don't have a clean heart, man, you study to pick up a weapon and go off on some folks too, just out of anger and frustration. People are doing it all the time, taking stuff in their own hand. It's because of the condition of the heart. There's nothing in the heart. It's just empty. There's no compassion. There's no love of life there. You know, the heart is just waxed cold and cold and cold. Amen. But see, the word has power to penetrate that coldness, to penetrate that stiffness. And this is why I believe the Lord told Paul, he commanded him, he said, Paul, tell him, I command them to preach the word. Because the word is Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, the King James Bible, said that word is powerful, it's quick. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts the sun between the body, a soul, and a spirit. It penetrates deep, y'all. It goes beyond feelings and emotions and infirmities and afflictions and those things that we struggle with, those, those feelings that cause anger, those feelings that cause frustration and retaliation and rebellion, which is the same as witchcraft. But see, that word can get down in there, man, and free that, that person, free that captive, free that person that's spiritually bound free and bring life to that spiritually dead soul, you know, and that's what God desires that we put more emphasis on his word and not on us, 
you know, and not on them, but on his word, not on what the devil is doing, but what God has already declared that he's done, he's going to do, and he's doing. You know, that's why he said, preach that word. I command you to preach the word to my people and testify of Jesus Christ, what he's done, what he's going to do, and what he's promised to do, what he's doing <laughs> right now seems to be lost in all of the messages right now because we're preaching everything but the gospel of Jesus Christ, where the power lies. And so we want to get into this final verse in the chapter, in the first book of John, chapter 3, verses 1 to 24. So we want to open up today, verse 24, and just delve in that. This is the last verse of this chapter, powerful verse, but we're going to break it down today, deal with some of these precepts in here. So the scripture, this verse says, and he that keepeth his commandment, there it is right there, there's no plainer than that, he that keepeth, and he that keepeth his commandments. Now, I love how this starts off with this conjunction here. It says, and he. So, obviously, there's some other people doing some other stuff besides keeping the commandments of God. So, be on notice that he says, and those who. Now, you might be thinking, well, I'm giving myself credit because I'm a good person. I've been saved. I've been living right. I've been trying to help people and trying to do this. Great. All those works of righteousness, you will get credit for them. And, 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 and the second coming when Jesus gives out awards for a pope what you've done after you got saved. All that's great. But here's another precept here that he says, or part of a commandment here, he says, and he that keepeth his commandments. A lot of people sometimes do one thing to help somebody. Now they want to claim eternal life. You know, they want to claim the whole kingdom, but doing one good deed. Well, I gave to church. I gave it. Okay, well, you know, I cleaned the pastor's car. I swept the parking lot. I picked up cigarettes, but, you know, I, I kept, I straightened up the chairs in the church. And now they want, they think, okay, that make me save. I'm, I'm, I get a free ticket to heaven. But he says, and he that keepeth his commandments. Because cause there's going to be another struggle. There's going to be another trial. There's going to be another situation. There's going to be trials and tribulations for the rest of our life. Anyone who try to live godly shall suffer persecution. That's from the time we got saved all the way to the end. It's going to happen. And so he said, but and he that keepeth his commandments. That word keep means you don't just take them and, and put them somewhere and hide them. And you mean you keep them by exercising in them, by functioning in them, by let them be an active part of your life. You know, because remember now where Ecclesiastes said, only what we do for the Lord is going to count in the end. I love that word, do. It has some action. It has an implication there. Because you can't just have 15 scriptures that you hold on to. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a way to keep them, too. I got my favorite. I keep. But better believe when something comes up and it's time to use them, I fire away. I, 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 man, it comes out of my mouth. It comes out of my spirit. You know, I kept it there, man, for that time, that occasion. And when it happens, man, I don't be up in there saying, "Woe me, Lord." Uh, uh. I said, "Lord, you said, you know, I'm put you in remembrance of what you said, because I know how you feel about your word. I know how you watch over your word, and I'm not alone in this fight. So don't nobody get kicked off here by what I'm saying, because sometimes we we think we got to come back and defend ourselves by from the word of God. No, 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 no. Not what this is about. I'm teaching right now. I'm in a teaching mode. So please put on your learning spirit this morning. Put on your learning heart, your learning mind this morning and learn something. This is not about you defending how you live your life. This is about you receiving these instructions this morning. God has given it, taught it to me, so I got to teach it to you. Amen. And perhaps there's some transgressors out there that's beyond you, which is saying self that's hearing this. That's really my targeted audience. It's those who don't know the truth. If you know the truth, great. Establishing it, great. You know, praise God. Living by it, great. 
let this fly by you and get those get to those people out there, man, that don't know the truth, that need to know the truth. Amen. And you just continue to stay safe and learn and grow. Amen. So that you might know, you might encounter some of them people out there, so you might need some of this to share with them. But he says, and he that keepeth his commandments. And part eight here says, you know, dwelleth in him. So you got to keep the commandments so you'll know how to dwell in him. But the commandments are very instructive. The Bible says that they're good for doctrine. Second book of Timothy, chapter three, verses 16 to 18. Paul is talking to Timothy. Keep it, Timothy, what Lois and Eunice taught you from a child. You've known the scripture from a child. You know, you were raised up in the church, Timothy. You sat under that teaching. It's in you. That seed is planted in you, you know, Timothy. And he says, and know that the word of God is breathed out by God. Timothy, it's inspired by God. It's good for doctrine. It's good for reproof. It's good for correction. It's good for instruction and righteousness. That the men and women of God may be thoroughly earned and prepared for every good work. I know we give ourselves a lot of credit sometimes that we're doing the greatest work of anybody that have ever done nobody doing it like me i'm reaching and trusting everybody i'm getting pats on the back i'm getting awarded people are celebrating me they're not just tolerating me and we just go on and on and on but look at what he says thoroughly furnished unto every good work obviously there's some work ain't been done yet because the eyes ain't seen it all ears ain't heard it all it can't come in our heart yet so we can't claim that the work is done yet but we do know he who has begun a good work and us will continue to perform it until the day he returns and so the work continues, and the doing continues. It's not just being a forgiver here, but a doer of the work, keeper of the commandments, and dwelleth in him. That word dwelleth in means that there's no other place I'd rather be. I, I love being in Christ. I love Christ being in me. I love abiding in him, and his word abiding in me, and I in him. I just love the thought of that. I love the feeling of that. I love waking up to that. I love going to bed on that, you know. That's, that's the pride and joy of a Christian right there, is to abide in Christ and have Christ abide in you, and then to have his word abide in you, and you abide in his word, so you're always in the know. You don't have to guess and assume. You just go to the scripture and let it light you up, because at the entrance of that word, it gives light. You know, and darkness, I was having a conversation with my little six-year-old grandson, and we were talking about this very thing yesterday, light and darkness. And I said, Carter, what happens when the light come on? He said, the darkness leave the room. Or leave the space. I said, boy, you said a mouthful of then. He said, Papa, as soon as you turn that light on, darkness is gone. I said, boy, that's a mouthful. That'll preach right there. Turn some light on. Get into the word of God. Let the word of God get into you. So many times we thrive on the fact that we know some scriptures. I know I do. I love it. I love, I love my conversation now. I love it being dressed up and taken over by the word of God. But that's only the beginning. That's only where it begins. Now that word got to know you like you know it. And so you got to let it filter through you, let it go through you, let it purge you, let it sanctify you. And every time you pick up the word and read the word, there's a lot of people out there saying they read the word. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't ever hear him making no comments. I don't ever hear him saying anything about no word. I'm so excited. When I read something, man, and it lights me up, man, I'm so excited about sharing that with people. And I'd be saying, Lord, are they reading the same word or are they just kind of like skating around the edges there? Are they just saying that the, the, the sound legitimate? Or are they really taking some time every day, cracking open the book? You got these high-speed $1,200 phones. They can pull up on the Bible app and read the one scripture. They always give you the verse of the day. I read that verse of the day every day. That's for my nourishment. That's for my personal feeding. But I don't stop there. I don't stop there, you know. I'm a little bit more fortunate than some of you. I have the time, Pastor. Now, we're retired. We still work, though. 
out in Kelly the weekend, it was a work environment. You know, so we still work, but it was good work. We love that we could pour into them. We 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 still work now. We still do things. You know, house gotta be made. We still do things. Clothes gotta be white. We still do things. I've got all them beautiful flowers out on the patio, just planted some yesterday. So we still do things. We go out, we meet people, we interact with people. We're in ministry. We pray for people. People call us, we take tweets, send out stuff to people all the time. So the work goes on, but we work from the word perspective. We work and instruct and give people advice based on the word. But if you don't know the word, you don't have nothing to offer anybody. Nothing to offer them because the gospel is the only thing that can really help people right now to lift them up out of this, out of this, 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 this famine that we're in, this spiritual famine, this dark place that we find ourselves right now. And so many people and humans out there want something good to happen. And they're looking to the government. They're looking to this person. They're looking to that person. They're looking to this conference and that conference. They're looking for a book on this. And people tell you, go read this book. Go read this and know what's going on. Look back in history and see what happened. It's still going on today. We're taking people to all these places, you know, and having them nose-diving into all these places and resurrecting all this stuff that have already passed. Bible calls that every wind of doctor. People just toss to and fro with every wind of the doctor. Everybody got a new revelation. Everybody got a new this. Everybody got a new that, you know. People just load me up sending me stuff, you know. And I'm saying to myself, I got the word just like you do. I can read the word. I can study the word. I can, you know, I can hear the word. I can meditate on the word. I can memorize the word. I appreciate it. And a lot of the scriptures they send to me, man, watered down. They don't even quote it completely. They don't see what I do when I send out a scripture. Yeah, you can just say I'm tooting my horn, but I'm just telling you the deal, man. It's how I provide. I go to the Bible app and I put up King James Version. None of the other versions. There's about 25 or 30 of them sitting there in my face. I go to the King James Version and I click on the little counter and I find out is this. 1611 version, or this just some new watered down transliteration of it, in other words. Of it. And I send that out, I find the purest, unadulterated, infallible verse that I can. I copy it, and bam, I send it to you. I send it to you. And some folks get angry when you do that. I had a young master sergeant retired send me back yesterday on something he talked about. Uh, we need to get away from all this Bible stuff. Man, that's how I live my life. I get away from that. I, I'm, I'm out of here. You know, that's my life. You know, that's my life. You know, you know, I don't put politics before the word of God. You know, his government, you know, is the word of God. And so we see here, he says, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abided in us. That's part A now. That's precept A. And B says, by the spirit which he hath given us. Okay, so let's break this down now. A clean heart is produced by the spirits dwelling within us. Not all this other stuff. I got my political views and worldviews and agenda and all that. I got my other experiences I draw from. I know a little bit about military history and all of that, you know, and I, I know a lot more than, than a lot of times I, 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 I lead on to. Yes, I got college degrees. I've been to college, all that stuff. But the, right now, that's not where I'm, that's not where my focus is. My focus is, you know, what does God say about what's going on? What did the prophets prophesy? You know, what is being fulfilled of those prophecies? Now, what do we have to look forward to? What are those commandments? What are those promises? What are those prophecies? How many of them been fulfilled? What is going on right now? Can I compare what's going on right now to anything in the scripture that was foretold? 
that's kind of where I'm at right now. I want to know the truth and that truth make me free. I'm not about speculation. I'm not about guesswork. I want to know God is this occasion documented in the word. If it's not, I have no interest in it. I'll listen to it. I'll check it out. But boom, then I'll move on from it because I'm in searching for truth. I want to know the truth. I want to know what these commandments are saying to me. I want to know what it said to them when it was said to them. I want to know how that applied to me today. How, that, how can I have that apply to you in your life and those out there who never heard the gospel before? You know, you know, that's why Paul said, preach the word of God to the people and testify about Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to count in the end. And so you got to have a clean heart to be produced by the spirits dwelling within us because he'll bring that conviction when we get out of line or we try to go too far or we try to stretch it too much to make a point. This is a mutual indwelling. I love that, man, about that mutual, meaning that anybody, everybody out there who's willing to turn to Jesus can have the same thing. I don't I don't have no patent on it. I'm entitled to it just like you are, equally. God has no respect to person. But you have to be willing to make your personal sacrifice in order to have and to know and to be and to do, you know. I had to make my personal sacrifice. So it's the same for everybody. God don't discriminate. He don't have no favor. You know, he's willing to use anybody. It's amazing to me how people are so selective about who God going to use. There were some people that were chosen from the very foundation of the world before they were ever born that God's going to use. The elect of God, he already knows who he was going to use, you know. Some people got saved afterwards because first there was the Jews. They rejected him, so then he said, go preach it to the Gentiles. So we can't tell God how to be God. We can't tell God how to do God. We can't tell God who to save and who not to save. We just pray for salvation. We pray for forgiveness. We pray for mercy. We pray for grace for everybody. All souls belong to God. He's the all souls of mine. He who went souls is wise. I love that. That's Sharon. He didn't give no particular culture, diverse group. He said souls. You know, so when God looks at souls, they're living souls. He wants them souls to be saved if they're not saved, if they're unrepentant. He wants them to repent. And so we'll just get our minds fixed around winning souls and forget about people and their titles, you know, because sometimes, man, we can get so worked up and we'll spend all of our energy, five to 25 minutes of our time talking about what the people by name and by title. <clears throat> I'm trying to get away from that. I'm praying that God to deliver me from that. I just want to look at the souls and all those people out there that's got a soul. If they're not saved, then there's a, there's a chance for them to be saved. This, what I'm saying this morning might be that chance. That that you're going to say next week might be that chance or yesterday or whenever you said it, that they go listen to it. It might be that one chance for that soul to be saved, regardless of who it is. I get attacked all the time on social media for some of the things I say. Some people call me, they say, you're being too spiritual. <laughs> I'm a natural man becoming spiritual man in a natural world. So I, I, that's my survival. You know, I was born a natural man just like everybody else. But then something happened with this sin thing that because of one first man, Adam, sin. And I got imputed to me the same thing every human being got imputed to them. But what am I going to do about it? Complain about what Adam did? Blame Eve and all that? No. I'm going to look at what the second man, Adam, did and testify to him. And I'm going to begin by testifying to me that he did this for me, then like he'll do it for anybody else. And then I want my family to be saved. I want everybody else to be saved. Now that I know that I'm saved and I know how they can be saved, why not want everybody to be saved? Don't you think that free people, free people, because it'll be a better, so you have a better 
police force out there. You have better judgeships out there. You have better politicians out there. If that's our desire, and what Jesus died for, came to seek and to say that which was about not to judge, not to judge. I had to correct several people yesterday with the scriptures, talking. They just judging, 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 taking away everybody else's right. <coughs> oh, they just did. They just that. Attack and bite and all that, you know, just just playing judge and jury and blaming other people for doing the same thing. It's a crazy, vicious cycle out there right now. And the minute I interject what the scripture says that God said, don't judge, you know, nobody, you judge, you subject to be judged. You know, give them the scripture where it says that, like, that ain't me. I'm just saying what the scripture says because that's what's in my heart. That's what governs me. I'm doing everything I can to fight judgment. And I said, boy, you better be glad I ain't God, you know. For my own sake, I'm glad I ain't God. For your sake, for everybody's sake, you know. You better be glad I'm not God. And I don't want to be God. I want to be a child of God, you know. I love being a child of God. Amen, amen. And so he goes on to say that, you know, spirit dwelling within us, this is a mutual indwelling. The spirit, why is that important? Because the spirit now assures us that God within us. If we have received God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the third person of God here by the Paracletos, the, the promise of the Father, the Spirit of Truth, the promise of the Father. We have come now. He's here now. You know, Jesus left and he prayed to the Father that he would send the promise. And he came. You read the book of John chapter 14. It's all there. And so we want to deal with that. That part A of this verse where it says, dwelleth in him and he in him and hereby we know that he abided in us. So that's that precept Ader, you know. And so when we look at that in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 20 of the King James Bible, I love to pull out my references because, I, you know, I don't need a private interpretation. I don't need a other words translation or transliteration. I just like a pure and adulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. I let the word interpret the word because that's what the Lord said. Have no private interpretation. See, I don't even let my mind go there. I went right to the scripture reference. So let's see what the scripture reference say about this dwelling uh, in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us. Let's see what the scripture says. And that day ye shall know that I am in my father and ye in me and I in you. That day. What day is that? The day that that revelation is revealed to you. The day that that truth is made known to you. And that's the same with anybody. Don't deny the people the truth and blind and block them even the more by judging them. A lot of times we preach them judgmental messages like we God, like we on the court of uh, high court of heaven. We determine who's going to go to hell and who's not, who's going to be saved and who ain't going to be saved. You know, that could be the day that we become responsible for denying that person an opportunity to, to hear the truth. And we testifying about Jesus, like Paul said, and we preaching the word of God to them, and we teaching the word of God to them. Not judging, not being overcritical, not condemning, you know, not slamming them. I mean, I'm, I'm guilty. Uh, that's why I can freely preach and teach like this without any condemnation, because I've done all these things. But I've learned how value they are to the process. So I just stop doing them and I do what, what I believe is, is more valuable. Preach the word of God to the people and testify 
about Jesus, what he taught, what he did, what he's going to do. That that suffices. That's the gospel, you know. And he says, you know, and that day ye shall know that I am in my Father. When that revelation comes, when that light enters into your heart, when it lights you up and you see how much darkness is in your life or in my life, I had to see it. I was like, man, I missed that mark. Lord, forgive me and help me never to do that again. What would I do in place of that, Lord? And bam, he gives it to you. Boom. He tells you what to do. He's instructed. He teaches us if you want to learn. And there's that other choice. Lean to my own understanding and fail to acknowledge him in all my ways. Therefore, somebody directed my path, but it ain't him. We know when God is directing your path. But it's always through that humility, that humble spirit, not that arrogant pride spirit, thinking you're so much higher and better than people because you got a title in three churches with seven people in the, under you. And, and we, we let people know, I'm so-and-so. You know, I got five churches. I'm over this. I oversee this. And I'm not knocking that, but that's just the ignorance of where people are at because they're not basing it on the word. They're basing it on tradition of men because they've always done it that way. But the scripture talks about that. You know, let's do it God's way. Let's all do it God's way. And we'll make, there was a shooting yesterday in a service in a Presbyterian church in California, an Asian man, 60 years old, go into a church, man, and shoot up elderly senior people. The Kyrie community, you know, this is just after shooting of a young 18-year-old racially motivated in New York, Buffalo, down in Texas, another shooting. People just so empty right now, nothing in their heart that says they love life. They're out to take life. I wonder what's dwelling in them. What's dwelling in their heart? Obviously, it's not God. Obviously, it's not God. That's why the lost out there need to be, lost souls out there, man, need to be revived. They need to be saved. And all these churches out there in Texas, all these churches in California, I'm talking about big old mega ministries, and they're doing the same thing every Sunday. Get up on the platform, a lot of entertainment, Mm. and I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. No wonder there's a lot of people so frustrated. Because it's like nobody cares about them. They're the lost souls. Mm-hmm. You know, they're the ones that there's, there's not a lot of prayer. I mean, there are prayers going on praying for the lost. Some people are, I believe, just doing it for show. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing it for show. You know, God called us to create a prayer culture for God. And we have seven or eight people who I know get on and pray. I believe there are others. I believe there are others. And there's a lot of people out there now sending me invitations, probably sending you invitations, want to invite me to this prayer group, to that prayer group. And when I go take a look at it and do a little research, it's too much about showing me. It's too much about what you want to be seen for what you're doing. You don't want to be seen for what God has created. But God created the prayer culture, you know, to counter all these things, to take on these things. Not about glorifying man, not about making us look good. You know, he told me it ain't about numbers. You don't know how many people are being reached by what I created. You just keep doing it until I tell you to stop and do something different. So it ain't about counting on numbers. It ain't about how many people get on every morning. We got podcasts and platforms out there reaching many. I know because I get feedback. I got a, I got a church right now, two or three churches right now in Pakistan and other places sending me, telling me, 20, yes, yes, Sunday, 25, uh, five, people, five ladies got saved. And the week before that, 25 people got saved. And they said they're all now part of your church. I don't got no church, but God got a church. 
because they're listening to what we're putting out there. This is in other countries now. I ain't tooting my own about that because you know who gives the increase? He get all the praise. He get all the glory. He get all the honor. He said, if I be lifted up in there, I'll drop. So I ain't tooting my own about that. I don't come on here telling y'all about that because I don't want that to be our focus. When Jesus do some work in a place, man, through what we putting out there, he gets all the glory. Why? He gives the increase. I thank God for them five sisters that got saved in Pakistan yesterday. I thank God for them 25 people who got saved the other week. I thank God that they're thanking God for the word that they're hearing that we're putting out there. I thank God that they think enough to ask uh, uh, me to be their pastor. You know, I am a pastor. <laughs> but I pastor any of we, we We all are. We're gifts to the body. That's what we have to understand. This ain't about no title. This is about preaching the word of God to the people. And, he, and, it, and it was so general, people. Didn't give a specific, he just said people, all souls. You know why? It's a universal gospel. And when I get feedback like that, and, so, and I know I'm probably not the only one, that's not our focus. Our focus is preaching the word to the people. You know, giving them the truth, testifying about Jesus. And let God give the increase. Some plant, some water, we want in the same, but God give the increase. Why? If he's dwelling in us, we're going to communicate that to the people. And we dwelling in him, how can you not talk about him? If you're really there now. I feel him even right now. I feel him propelling me and encouraging me right now. So I don't need everybody out there to encourage me. I, I appreciate it. But I feel him right now inside of me. I feel him right now telling me, say that. Say more of that. Testify more about me. I'm dwelling in you. You're dwelling in me. How you how you not going to talk about me? I'm in your heart to be talked about, to be told about, to be taught about, to be published about, to be proclaimed about. You know? And he says right there, And that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. You know, that's, that's for any believer out there that have received God through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and have received his spirit as the Father promised. And he goes on to say in the book of John, chapter 17, verse 23, the King James Bible, it says, I in them, wow, all those who come to him and believe now, he says, I in them, and thou in me that they may be made perfect, that we're perfect. I'm talking about more mature than what you are in one. And there's only one that can, can mature all of us in the one. You can't get all this other wind, the doctrine out there, all this other tradition. It makes the glory stop with no effect. There's only one. Jesus is that living word. Remember, he came and dwelt among his own full of grace and truth, and they didn't recognize him. Remember, there is that way in the man that seemeth right, but it leadeth to the way of destruction, away from the truth. But see, if you understand what he said in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6 of King James, Bible, by himself, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. No man comes to the Father except by me. I'm the one and only preeminent one. I'm Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. I'm the rock of your salvation. I'm the keeper of your soul. I'm the foundation upon which the apostles and prophets taught. And there's no greater foundation than already been laid. I am the chief cornerstone of every building. And except I build the house, your labor is in vain. I'm the chief master architect of every building. I'm the one who writes the list to fit and join everybody together in unity. And until we all come into the unity of that faith and that statue where what's in heaven is seen on earth in your life. 
and we have that vertical alignment. Now it can go horizontal because it's first vertical. Perfect unity. Perfect unity. And where God says he sees that perfect unity, guess what happened? It's right there where he commanded blessing, even life forevermore. The book of Psalms, chapter 133, verses 133, the King James Bible. It's precious in the sight of God. It's like the ointment that ran down Aaron's beard, the hem of his beard, the skirt. It just went down and covered everybody. That's what unity is supposed to do. Unity covers everybody, every diversity, every culture, every group. They're all part of the big umbrella. Why? They're souls in the eyes of God. And they all belong to him, regardless of the color of your skin. You know? And he says here, he says, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Again, this is Jesus now. He's praying here about those disciples, <coughs> those original apostles that the Father had given him to do the work, even beyond him being there with them physically. There was going to be work after he left. But nevertheless, it was all going to be done in the name of Jesus. That one Savior, that one Christ, the anointed Messiah, son of the living God, his anointing was going to destroy the yokes. Not, not my pastor's anointing, not my bishop's anointing, not no man's anointing, but God's anointing sent to destroy the yoke. And once those disciples went back in that upper room and got endued with power, now they could go out and live up to being an apostle, laying the original foundations, the teachings, and the preachings that was inspired and given to them by the Holy Ghost. All this stuff that people coming up with now, positive, positive, equal, all this stuff, man, it's just taken away from the original foundation that was laid. Because they're adding to because they're not satisfied with it because it don't give, it, it feels like it don't give them any credibility. Well, just stay humble. Let God get all the credit. He'll exalt you in due time. Uh, one more verse. In the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 10, the King James Bible says this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit, now this is the big S here, the capital spirit, so it's talking about the Holy Spirit, is life because of righteousness. Now, we've been made righteous because of the blood of Jesus and the finished work on the cross. And if I receive salvation, that's what I, it's like a package. It's got a lot of good stuff in it for me. You know, it's not one dimensional. It covers every phase and aspect of life, you know? And so he says, and if Christ be in you, okay, the body is dead because of sin. If Christ be in you, sin can't be there. So the body that sins, that is dead. But he ain't coming into no, 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 no place where there's sin, unclean vessels. So once I repent, sin is gone. He, he, he takes it and he washes it away like it never happened, puts it under seal forgiveness. And if any man be in Christ Jesus, old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. That's just that's the scripture now. I think Pastor Sherry shared that yesterday when she made her her, her encouraging exaltation. Talked about that in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 8. What does the scripture say? What saith the scripture? What what what, what saith it? Scripture says it's, it's removed. It's placed into the it's, Scripture says old things are better. If you're in Christ now, so the body is dead to sin. It can be dead because of sin too. But because of Christ, we can go ahead on and die spiritually that we may be able to live physically 
as a spiritual man or woman. There's no getting around it. You know, there's no getting around it. And thou lovest it. Uh, and it says, and the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. We become the righteousness of God through the blood of Jesus. Not our own. People try to create righteousness. Doesn't work that way. That's in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 10 of the King James Bible. The last scripture, amen, and we're going to go to comment. I am crucified with Christ. Mm. Some people got uncomfortable with that. This is why the book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 4, the King James Bible is so powerful. It gives us opportunity to identify with the death, death, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and as a result, we can walk in the newness of life. That is our grace. Water baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins and receiving the Holy Ghost is our uh, that's our home going. You know, that's 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 our unity right there. That's how we identify with his death and resurrection. Look at what he said. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God. And who loved me and gave himself for me. Period. If you're getting it from anybody else, your your first lady, your elect lady, your prophetess, your greatest, whoever, your your your, your man of God, your woman of God, your bishop, your apostle, all these people you put up on these pedestals, you're doing yourself an injustice. Don't put anybody higher than the supreme preeminent one, Christ. Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up in the earth, I'll draw all men to me. Lifting up all these other people, these ministries, these mega names, and all of these, these great people out there. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying people lift them up high and they lift up Jesus. And ain't nobody being drawn to him because lifting them up. But he said, if I be lifted up in the earth, listen to what he said, I'll draw them. I'll draw them. I don't need you to I'll draw them if I just be lifted up. If I be testified about it. You know, if you preach my word to the people, if you testify about me, what I did, what I promised I'll do, what I'm going to do, what I'm doing, saving souls, then I'll draw them, I'll drag them, I'll get them out of drugs, I'll, I'll get them out of situations, I'll, I'll, I'll bring them out of family, I'll turn it around and work it together for their good. So we're going to end right there this morning and pick this up uh, on Thursday morning uh, in the first uh, book of Galatians, chapter 2, verse 20, the King James Bible is where we end it. Amen. And so we're talking about dwelling in him and him dwelling in us and, and his keeping his commandments. Amen. And testifying about him. Amen. As the scripture said, uh, as we started this morning, verse 24, and he that keepeth his commandments, a dwelleth in him and he in him. And hereby we know that he abided in us be by the spirit, which he hath given us his spirit. A clean heart is produced by the spirit's dwelling within us. This is the mutual indwelling. The spirit assures us that God lives within us. Amen. According to the book of First John chapter 3, verse 24, the King James Bible. So Father, we thank you this morning. We pray this morning for what you just instructed us and told us and taught us, Lord God. We receive your word this morning. We're praying now that others will receive your word, be sanctified by it. Lord God, as you use our mouth, as you use our mind, as you use our ability to share with others, oh God, as Jesus shared with his disciples, his followers, and hope that they will go share with others, Lord God, and many will be one to, to, to God through them, just like he, uh, many was one to the Father by him. 
And so, Father, we see the progress. We see the process. We see how Jesus did it. And we see how he prayed to the Father that his disciples, that God had given to them, would be kept at how they would do it. And so, Father, we want to be able to duplicate what they did. We want to be able to do the work that they did and greater work that he promised that we as followers that they would do. But it's not about us, Father. It's about him. It's about preaching the word of God to the people of God and letting the word go out and not come back void, but let it do what God pleased in the purpose for which he sent it, to heal our disease and rescue us from destruction, and to testify about Jesus Christ, what he did, what he's doing, and what he promises to do. Father, let this be our testimony. Let this be the word of our testimony. Let this be the message that we preach, God, because this is the power of God and the salvation for all who shall believe. But how can they believe that there'll be a preacher? <laughs> and how can they hear except there be a preacher? And how can you preach except you be sent? So, Father, we thank you and praise you this morning for the word of God. Now continue, Lord, to dwell in us and let us dwell in you and abide in your word as you abide in us. And, Father, we give you all the praise and glory and honor for now. Seal this word in our hearts, God. Let it not depart from us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray and offer this prayer to the God above. Amen and amen. All right, we're going to open up our comment section. Start with Pastor Sharon, followed by Pastor Derek, Pastor D. Well, praise the Lord. Thank God for the word and the teaching this morning from the book of 1 John, the third chapter, starting at verse 24, which starts off with a conjunction, making sure... Mm -hmm. 